Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you join us. Today's spotlight on Roundtable unveils the exciting quest for learning in a digital world. Picture this: teachers arming students with digital literacy skills, defending against cyber threats, and crafting online savvy thinkers. Join us as we explore the task of teaching digital natives crack the code of cybersecurity in education and navigate the vast digital frontier together. And we share with you what's brought us joy this week, from binge-worthy shows to. Toe-tapping tunes in Roundtable's happy place. For today's program, I'm joined by Yushun in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show, in the last couple of decades, digital technology has rapidly transformed nearly every aspect of our lives. Children and young individuals have become digital natives, where possessing digital literacy is more vital than ever to promote equity, security, and inclusion. The Chinese Ministry of Education aims to instill comprehensive digital skills from an early age. Enabling students to thrive in an increasingly digital-centric world. How can teachers effectively impart the essential skills and knowledge to achieve this ambitious goal? First of all, guys, in the real world, literacy refers to the ability to read and write. And what exactly does digital literacy mean? Yes, according to UNESCO, digital literacy is the ability to access, manage, understand. Integrate, communicate, evaluate, and create information safely and appropriately through digital technologies for employment, jobs, and entrepreneurship. And in this case, for children, digital literacy refers to the knowledge, skills, and attitudes that allow children to be both safe and empowered in an increasingly digital world. And this encompasses their play. Participation,、uh, socializing, searching, and learning through digital technologies, and also what constitutes digital literacy will vary according to children's age, local culture, and context.、Hmm. Josh, what's your interpretation of digital literacy? I think the danger of this term is that people tend to throw anything. On the internet to this basket, and then we end up feeling very fizzy about what do you mean by that? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's a pretty complex term, and it encompasses a range of skills and competencies. But for me, when I think of this, I I think about literacy,、um, which of course is reading and writing. Traditionally, that's what this word means,、um, and so. And how I understand reading and writing is to understand, use, and critically engage with language, right, and be able to reproduce it either verbally or in a written form. And and I consider digital literacy to be similar in this way. I think that it involves using, understanding, and critically engaging with digital technologies. But this isn't as simple as it sounds, of course, because digital technologies are very different, and they can be very different. We can talk about things. Like, of course, basic digital literacy skills,、um, like you know, operating a computer or using the internet,、um, and then there's information literacy, right? Evaluating information.、Um, there's different types of media these days. There's 
everything all the way to data literacy. Um, I mean, I don't think that I can call myself literate in that respect. You know, I, I don't know if I can always analyze and interpret every kind of data. I can't code, for example. Does that mean that I'm not completely digitally literate? I guess not, right? Um, so it depends how far you want to take it. Yes, and this does sound like one of those ambitious topics that PhD students or researchers can mm -hmm. devote a, a whole book to. So I guess we're looking at this from multiple facets and at different levels. Does it affect a child's life and education in this sense? Also, could you guys explain the necessity of digital literacy for the digital natives, which is another term that possibly um, needs a little bit of our attention to? Yes, first of all, we can see that um, nowadays so many children, they are like growing in an environment with so many technologies. And we call these people or children or students grew up in the era of ubiquitous technology, including computers and the internet. And they have also been referred to as digital natives or net generation or smartphone generation. Yeah, can I also just offer a little bit of history here? Because digital natives is a term coined by Mark Prensky in 2001 to describe the generation of people who grew up in this era of ubiquitous internet technology as such. And originally, it was used to refer Americans born in the 1980s. And, uh, you know, when you look at China, well, computers or personal computers became more prevalent in this country later than that. And uh, of course, with today's generations or all these young people that we talk about on the show all the time, yeah, I guess they constitute the digital native generation for sure. But it's really funny to see like different generations of digital natives might need different kinds of education focus as such as well. So on a global level, as well as in China, give us an overall profile of the digital natives we're talking about these days. So it's estimated by UNICEF that one child in three is an internet user and that one in three internet users is a child under 18 years of age, which is an incredible statistic, actually. And despite um, regional disparity, the internet has become a fixture of young people's lives regardless of income level. According to the International Telecommunications Union, while 94% of young people aged 15 to 24 in developed countries are online, more than 65% of young people in developing countries are online. Right, indeed. And in China, there's quite a stark difference as well when you compare the different percentage of digital literate people of different populations. Mm, by December 2021, China has more than 1 billion internet users, with the internet penetration rate reaching 73%, and the number of China's underage internet users topped 183 million by 2020, making the penetration rate of the internet nearly 95% among Chinese minors, significantly higher than the internet penetration rate for adults. And Actually, from the daily life, we can see that many students from primary school or middle school, 
they are using laptops or other smart devices to actually finish their homework or just simply study on these smart devices. And um, I think that is also making children nowadays more exposed to the digital world than older generations. Yes, and maybe your kid knows your smartphone better than you do. Mm. That is a possibility. But the prevalence of internet usage among kids and young people these days doesn't necessarily mean that they're digital literate. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are digital whiz kids either. So do you see that there is a big digital divide, um, not only between urban and rural to some extent, but also just among the uh, young users here as well? So there's actually a 2007 study from the United Kingdom of 1,500 9- to 19-year-olds, and it found that higher-income households had better quality of access, allowing more frequent use, which allowed them to develop greater confidence and proficiency with technology. And I think this is really important because this also means that there's more economic opportunities. I think, especially in today's digital age, digital literacy definitely opens up significant economic opportunities, um, you know, better job prospects, um, better entrepreneurial ventures and an ability to participate in the global digital economy. So I think that this is even more important now. There was another study from the United States in 2008 of 18 to 26 year olds, and that found that those with higher levels of education undertook online activities that were more self-enhancing as well. Yes, and these studies that you have just cited, Josh, they point to that being used to devices, being exposed to the latest technology could heavily influence one's economic and social future to some extent. And that's a critical point to keep in mind. And maybe this also shows why being digital literate is really important here. And being exposed to all this information, to all these technologies out there, doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to use these technologies to your best benefit in a safe manner, I suppose. A statement that across different age cohorts, we can share. I wonder if you have some thoughts about this. Yes, because, you know, the internet world is just so massive and you can get so many types of information on the internet and um, as child or as children they probably are lacking the ability of identify you know whether the information is safe or not or it is suitable for them so we can see that a 2016 report by the stanford history education group analyzing the work of roughly 7,800 middle school high school and college level students found that a majority were unable to tell sponsored advertisements from real articles or to recognize where information they read was coming from. And also another point that I think a lot of parents are also concerning is that cyberbullying and harassment online. And this is another key reason why children and students and a lot of people need better digital literacy. Yeah, well, I, I have to agree. I think that Digital literacy is is an is a type of education. It's something that we all need to educate ourselves to do. And I think with most of these things, things like appropriate online behavior, appropriate behavior in general is part and parcel of a good education, right? Being educated isn't just about learning these specific subjects. I, I think that it should be about learning to be 
a decent human being. And these days that includes, of course, being a decent human being online. Um, so I, I think that digital literacy should include and, you know, be based upon uh, the idea of being a decent human, which includes appropriate online behavior. Yeah, that's such a good point because it's uh, difficult for anybody who lived in this world, let's say, a hundred years ago, to fathom that there's a there's a separate world, or in some ways, that cyber world spills over to our real world as well. But there's this whole different realm where we conduct our lives, our behavior, and uh, so many activities goes on over there. And the device that connects both worlds could be your smartphone, your iPad, your computer, or who knows what the next uh, invention is going to be in that regard. And certainly, Educators in China have realized the urgency and the importance of digital literacy. In October, China's state council released new regulations to protect minors in the cyberspace, which will come into effect on January the 1st, 2024. And we're seeing schools coming up with guidelines, plans to cultivate digital literacy for students. What do we know about that? Yes, we can see compulsory education curriculum has already included digital literacy education. In March 2022, the Ministry of Education issued the revised curriculum and standards for 16 subjects such as Chinese language in compulsory education. The new curriculum standards emphasize the you know, cultivation of cyber ethics and morals rather than skills. And more specifically, in a moral and law-related course segment, there is a dedicated chapter that requires students to learn basic internet ethical norms, practice civilized online behavior, and discern undesirable information in the media, and understand how to protect the legal rights and interests, including privacy of minors in the online environment. And I think these are just important because, you know, something like the information exchange and sharing and information privacy and security and also internet applications and innovation and things like this are students really need to cultivate and understand to actually protect themselves because, you know, the awareness of themselves when they are browsing the internet is actually the way I think the key point of they protect themselves. Yes, and as a person who's gone through the Chinese educational system, my only worry here is that a lot of these good stuff that Yushun, you've just told us, might only be limited to reciting some paragraphs mm. and using... Um, bright color markers to highlight some of the things that you need to memorize and recite and write down on an examination paper. Josh, what do you see as possible, like better ways maybe to impart morals and ethics into these young minds? I mean, how can that be done in a more organic way? That's quite a difficult question. I mean, uh, to make it more organic, right? I mean, it seems to be sort of counter organic and digital seems to be counter to one another in some way. And I think we have so many negative connotations when we think about the digital world these days and 
um, how dangerous and nasty it can be that it seems difficult to think about it in that way. But I think that we have to face the reality that it must be done in some sort of organic way. It needs to be taught, I think, as I mentioned before, I think that digital literacy needs to be taught in the same way that economics is taught, in the same way that inclusion is taught. I think that digital literacy um, can be taught in every subject to some degree. I don't think it's separate from um, subjects like sociology or history and things like this. Um, when it comes to uh, teaching students, for example, how to communicate properly about social inclusion, um, I think that it's important to learn about how social media platforms, email and stuff like this can allow people to connect with others. And it can also allow for very terrible things to happen. I mean, when we teach history, I think we should also probably start teaching the history of the digital revolution, which has happened so quickly, it almost seems too recent to not be history. But I think that probably we should be learning about that in schools as well and about how the world has changed in the last 30 or 40 years. Um, I'm not sure when we're going to have those classes, but I would welcome them in my history class for sure. Yeah, I feel as, well, of course, different age groups probably would prefer a different style of teaching possibly, but for, let's say, elementary school kids, demonstration, well, actually, let me retract this. I think for all age groups, demonstration and um, an immersive experience is always better for learning than reading a paragraph from a piece of paper and trying to recite that because rote learning was essential and I suspect still essential to a massive degree in our education system. Well, actually, I've witnessed this in New Zealand. Once I was there as a tourist just crossing the street, but I bumped into a teacher demonstrating to a whole bunch of really young kids how to cross the street, reading the uh, traffic light and uh, looking what direction and, you know, this this whole process of, you know, what as adults seem to be just so easy, but for little kids, how do you cross the street? And everybody was really happy as well, you know, for that experience. So that's just one small example of, you know, just bringing your students to this scenario and really experiencing it, I think is just far better than reading off a page. But I understand not all classrooms and schools have the, um, I suppose, the, the manpower to bring this type of teaching experience and learning experience to the kids. But I think maybe ideally speaking, that's better. And in the digital literacy context, then really getting kids hands-on to these devices and, and teachers can truly show that you know better than the kids, I think is is kind of important here because here comes my next question, which kind of points to one of the biggest challenges in teaching in this context, that is how can digital immigrants teach digital natives? Mm. Right. Actually, that is also the point I would like to say to have a better environment for these digital natives is what is needed is kind of a, you know, 
of course, the infrastructure and facilities. But when we're talking about these infrastructure and facilities, we're not only talking about like computers, devices, but also, you know, the knowledge of teachers or the trainers or educators. Sometimes some of the educators, they even less tech aware than their students. So what we need is provide ongoing training opportunities to these educators to keep them abreast of the latest technological advancements and changes in digital platforms because we can see that these not only hardwares, also softwares, they upgrade basically time to time and they just upgrade so fast. And um, all of us need to embrace the changes and understand the changes and in that way to teach these digital natives and let them know that, you know, what should we identify? Well, I think if a lot of teachers are honest, they are, not all of them are experts in every single subject, yet they have been asked to teach certain subjects. And I think the job of the teacher should be to encourage student-led learning. I don't think that it is the job of the teacher to stand at the front of the class and just give expertise to the students to memorize. I think that it should be a collaborative approach to something like this, especially with something as massive as digital literacy, which encompasses so much as we've discussed in this segment, right? I think that student-led learning um, is really important. Teachers um, can empower students to take leadership roles, um, peer mentors, um, sharing knowledge and things like this. I, I think that involving students in the teaching process um, I know that in certain, for certain teachers and in certain cultures, this may seem a bit bizarre, but I personally think this is one of the best ways for students to retain the knowledge is to really get involved. They can invite, be invited to share their expertise, share their own experiences, demonstrate how they use digital literacy in their everyday lives. Um, I think this builds confidence and it allows for proper discussions and for proper progress and learning to happen. And I think the teacher's job is really to facilitate those kinds of discussions, make sure that those discussions are happening in a safe way and in a respectful way. And, you know, also involve the parents as well and involve the community. Digital literacy is is something bigger than just a simple classroom topic, I think. Yes, also, that is also, I would like to mention that is parents because, you know, I think when parents are actually playing the, a very important role in leading this, uh, the kids to kind of, you know, understand this Internet world, because most of the time that kids using, you know, smart devices are the device that their parents have. So at that moment, I think parents should take the role of, you know, educate them and actually show them what kind of information is not appropriate to them and what kind of information is can be beneficial. And also we can see that there are a lot of, you know, youth mode that has been introduced on a lot of social media or other platforms. But that is just a kind of way that limiting the screen time. But the key point is that we need to make the students have the awareness themselves to actually protect and mm -hmm. identify the information. Yeah, I really like one point you mentioned, and I can see a million ways how that can easily backfire in my young mind if I am a digital native. That is, you said, point to you the information that's inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, actually, you know, with the curious minds of young people, um, mm. a lot of the stuff you want some answers to, but you can't find in the classroom and from your teacher and your parents, you know where to go to, right? 
unfortunately, it's a cesspool on the internet. Despite maybe having certain railings and、uh, you know guards or whatnot, but yeah, how do you remain like ethical and be a responsible person in sort of finding and navigating your way through all of that stuff? Well, you know my opinions on things like social media. I think it can be incredibly dangerous and incredibly damaging to our health. And as you, you use the word. Cesspool, I think,、um, which <laughs> I, I, I think is a pretty pretty fair description of of it, it sometimes. But there are many other things as well. I remember when I was in school, we learned about things like the dangers of smoking. I mean, it probably wouldn't be allowed now, but I remember my teacher sort of creating a a lung in a two liter plastic bottle and showing us what happened when you smoked a cigarette. Um, I don't think you could light up a cigarette in a classroom anymore. But anyway, they did that, and we learned about yeah. But we learned about the dangers of smoking. We learned about alcohol. We learned about drugs. We learned about many things. And I think that it should be the same with the internet. I think that students should learn about the dangers in the same way. Yes, I think the broader question here is how do all of us evaluate the information that comes to us via the screen? And yeah, it's possibly the discussion for a different day.